And I'm Dion. Welcome to the In Life Podcast. Where we try to figure out life together. You know, I actually heard that if you, like on Zoom, if you talk with a smile all the time, it forces you to talk slower and naturally enunciate more. Did you do that? <laughs> I didn't because it seems very tiring. But if you try it, like, <laughs> when you hold a smile, it actually kind of works. It's really bizarre. Is it like the muscles from I your cheeks so. are impeding? I think so, yeah. But, but then your cheeks get very tired like they are yeah. now. I think yeah. we sound like pretty... Con, uh, like I'm talking to a child, like right. hi, Dion. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> That's an interesting trick. Yeah. Wow, I feel like I haven't seen you in a long time. Oh, yeah. also, I booked my one-way flight to New York for August 14th. Oh, it's August happening. 14th. Yeah, one four. Ah, see ya. Yeah, what less? It's a month from today that we're recording. Literally. Today literally a month from today and we're yeah it's gonna be wild it's gonna be very wild (gasps) yeah every okay let me tell you something multiple people have requested me that we continue to do the podcast while i move when i move i'm not even hold on i'm out you're saying you're saying this as if the plan was to not yeah, no, it's Dude. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My plan was always to continue. I'm just saying, right. like, people always so want it. The people want it. And yeah. so I want it, and the people want it, and it seems like you want it. So we should just continue to do it. We may have to change the time because 6 p.m. Uh, yeah. is going to be a rough go. Yeah. Um, maybe we can change the name of the podcast. We can call it, like, Coast to Coast. Oh. <gasps> Even though that's probably been done before. I don't want to change it, but maybe we can be like season two is coast to coast. Right now I have to upload it and put what season we're in. So we're in season one right now, but maybe season two can be coast to coast. And who knows what will happen in in the next seasons. I really want you to read this book, Dion. Yeah. I I think I might give it to you. Would you want it after I'm done? Yeah, let's do okay. it. Okay. This book is called Goodbye Again by Johnny Sun. Um, I don't know why, but the writing style reminds me of you a lot. Like, like he's pretty um, kind of like dry, I guess, <laughs> but very introspective. It's not like very flowery stuff. It's like, yeah. what is a friendship? I don't like, I don't get how we can maintain friends in like different phases of our life. But he's way more into work than you are. Whoa. Whoa. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not because this guy is like this Asian guy. You know, at first I was like, maybe it's because I think that Dion and this man look similarly similar. But then when I read it, I was like, no, dude, they're 
it's just so it's like how you talk like I think mm-hmm. okay here let, hear me out I think you talk about pretty like emotional things in a matter of fact way like you will mm-hmm. talk about intellectual concepts or like feelings or ambiguous things but really like if any emotion comes out it's like joy or like some small amount of amusement it's not mm-hmm. like rage or like you know you don't have like a huge range of emotions that's what I feel from this I feel like in other books that I read that are like similar like collection of essays they make it really like fluffy and like oh and like I don't know yeah. I don't I like this a lot because it just feels like and also I think you are similar to this too it's like very open-ended like okay I don't know I don't know how to deal with like these challenging things like this is just the way it is like and this is how I feel um also I find him to be very meticulous and I also find you to be very meticulous Yeah. yeah everything you've described so far resonates with me like I hate uh I hate fluffy reading I think oftentimes when I read I do that thing where I just like skim you know like first sentence last sentence of a paragraph so I'm just like get to the point yeah and this is like my approach I think to a lot of things including tv shows what yeah I um it's it's like I don't know what it is is it impatience is it I don't know what but I recently started well, I can't even say I started watching, but on Netflix, um, you know how when you log in, they like autoplay some trailer to some new show that is like a great match for you. Yeah. There's a show called Manifest, which is on oh, NBC yeah. or something. And I was like, ooh, this is kind of a cool plot. Uh, the plot is like this plane takes off. They land. There's like some crazy turbulence while they're in flight. They land and everyone on the plane to them, it's just like, oh, it's just like one plane ride from New York or something to California. I don't know. But then when they land, everyone's like, oh my God, your plane has been missing for five years. So it's like the whole world aged five years, except for the people on the plane. And I was like, ooh, what a neat concept. So I started watching but you know you can just immediately tell when a show is like poor writing bad acting all that stuff Mm. i was literally like just i don't want this forced romance i don't want like just tell me what happens so i finished the first episode and i just wikipedia the whole plot line and i was like okay i I feel like i have closure now because everything was told in such a succinct way on wikipedia what would you say are your favorite tv shows oh Ooh. great question um i'm into one like political dramas uh the west wing um i liked the first few seasons of house of cards uh i really enjoy designated survivor it's a bit cheesy, but it's like a feel-good sort of thing. Um, Madam Secretary. It's like a very casual watch, I would say. Um, not the best writing, but still like, I don't know, just like the 
the happenings of the world mm. and how it relates to U.S. politics is very interesting to me. Mm. Um, I also really like unique concepts, which is why my favorite movie, my favorite movies are like um, Ocean's Eleven, which I guess at the time was fairly unique. Inception, totally unique. Um, so I really like um, a lot of canceled shows. There was a show called Fringe, which was like these weird, this weird pseudo-scientific stuff. There was a show called Flash Forward. Um, there was some show you had told me about that you were like, this is the best show ever. And you had told me some like, I think it's this. What is Flash Forward about? Um, it was only like one season. And I have no idea how it didn't get renewed. But it's very similar to that show I was just talking about, Manifest. But um, basically, yeah. like the whole world blacks out for like six minutes like you literally just fall down and you black out for like six something like that and then everyone wakes up and obviously like there's car crashes and there's fires and apocalyptic stuff because everyone just stopped doing whatever they're doing for six minutes but during this the whole premise is like during those six minutes everybody blacked out they had a dream and the dream was essentially some like uh, a look forward in time to what they would be doing, let's say like five years from now. Um, but there was a huge, it, it, comes, it comes out that there was a huge contingency of people that didn't have a dream at all. And you find out that it's because they would die <gasps> sometime between now and then five years from now. Do they find and, out? Do they make that connection? Yeah. So like it follows this um, FBI partner group where one of them didn't see anything and one of them did. Cool. And they're investigating like why this happened because it, it turns out that maybe something nefarious was going on or something like that. But then it comes to light that like one of the partners is like, I didn't have a dream or whatever. And then like somehow the world finds out like on TV, it's like, if you didn't have a dream, that means you're going to die in the next five years. And obviously like the world splits into two factions where it's like people who feel like they have nothing to live for because they're going to die. And then, yeah, it's, it's, it was so fascinating. Wow. That's a it's really cool concept. That, this is the one you told me about. This was the one you had told me about originally. And it, starred, um, it starred John Cho. Oh, I like, wait, is he in that movie? That's like all on the computer. Searching. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Okay, what is it called again? Flash forward. Flash forward. Oh, but I, I guess it's only one. Did you season. you just tell me everything? Eighty yeah. percent on Tomatoes. It got. It was only one season. It got canceled. Oh, it's so kind of old, sad. huh? Yeah. Wow. So okay. Yeah, I would say that I am losing a lot of interest in television generally, like especially in this past year. I don't think my family and I watched Mr. Robot in incredible. Okay, it's basically about this guy, Rami Malek, who oh, is... Oh, yeah? Yeah, I love him. He is, like, a extremely talented hacker. And so he's trying to take down, like, all the corporations in, like, kind of a futuristic... It doesn't really look futuristic, but it's, like, in the future, I think. And um, particularly this one corporation that's like monopolizing all of the country and creating like 
greater divides between the wealth and um, impoverished folks. It was so good. Like I, so I think that I also have very little tolerance for romance. Like I don't like it when they just add it into the story because they think that's what everyone wants because it, uh, the writing just gets so bad. And then they make the plot really weird so that these people like have a romance and you're like, can you just not do any of it and make it a good show? Like, yeah, I think most Mr. Robot is my favorite show. I used to really like watching White Collar. I think if I were to watch it again, I would, I'm not sure how much I would like the writing now, but I remember at the time I was like, oh, this is so good. Like the heisty, like FBI kind of shows. I really like those. I also loved Ocean's Eleven. I listened to like a, wait, so you know that, who's that guy? Bill Simmons, the- uh-huh okay yeah he has a um like movie podcast or like he uh-huh. talks do you know about it it's called the, the rewatchables, rewatchables. Uh-huh. yeah so i listened to many episodes about <laughs> the oceans <laughs> and then i was like i gotta rewatch all of oceans and so then i rewatched a lot of it because I, he would bring up things and then i was like oh yeah it's such a good point i didn't know um they did one on the oceans series yeah so yeah really, i should listen yeah. to it I really liked it. I really like him. Yeah. He's um, really a media mogul genius. Like, also, why whenever I say Bill Simmons, people are like, oh, because he's really amazing. Is that why? Like, um, I like sports usually. And yeah, yeah, I'd imagine that like most people know him through sports and yeah. maybe they're just surprised that like, because it's. It's like you have to fall into multiple levels to know who Bill Simmons is. Yeah. Right? One, you have to be into sports. Yeah. Um, but then you have to be so into certain sports that you like listen to, to a podcast. podcast. Um, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I did listen to one or two of his sports ones and I was like, ah, uh. it's um, too deep. It's too deep for me. And it's too broad. Like, I only want you to talk about the Warriors, <laughs> but uh, then he'll talk about like everything. In the- yeah. Do you know what 30 for 30 is? No. They're like ESPN sports documentaries. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Actually, someone had recommended this to me, but I don't know that I liked a lot. Like, I, didn't, I wasn't very familiar with a lot of the athletes, maybe. Huh. Was it me? Or was it, Den- is Dennis Rodman on one? So, yeah. I mean, it basically does, they basically tell um, like important storylines and the sports world history. And like a very well-made documentary. So yeah, like I'm probably, I'm sure there's one on the Bulls. Um, there's probably, there's one on individual players, teams, stuff like that across all sports. But yeah, yeah. I think he I did was, watch that. He basically came up with it or like was one of the creators of it. Wow. Yeah. That's so impressive. Yeah. Genius. I also really enjoyed the Tiger documentary. Did you watch that? Tiger I- King? Tiger Woods. Oh my God. No, not Tiger. Oh, Tiger. <laughs> Could you imagine? That'd be like the biggest swerve. Like I hate it when I love a really intricate plot line and I love Tiger King. <laughs> um, no. Well, I don't know which one you're talking about. It just came out last year. Oh it yeah. It was like on HBO. I think, I think it was just called Tiger. Wow. These, that's when I was really like athletes are, there's just so much pressure, like so much uh, pressure that I don't think we realize. We think yeah. it's all fun and games and it's not. Right. Anyhow, 
there was something that I wanted to ask you. Huh? I have had a lot of conversations about this. Re- well, two about this recently. What, what parts of your identity are still tied to your ego? I'll give some examples and like mm-hmm. what I mean by that. Um, like, you know, in spirituality, like the ideal state is that your ego is dissolved. Like you shouldn't be mm-hmm. feeling like if someone says, Dion, I love your eyes, you shouldn't feel like really gassed up. And if they also conversely say, I hate your eyes, you shouldn't feel really bad. It should just be yeah. like, okay, that's just a statement that's being said. Um, but I think, and so like, I think a common, a common thing that, that happens is that you get your ego gets dissociated from your grades. Like when you're in high school or college, you're like, okay, I am not my grades. And so I can move past that. And so if I get good or bad grades, like it will affect me, but it's not going to affect me to my core. However, I think that now in this phase of our lives, like I don't, I have not examined this that much in myself um, or I have, but I think it reveals pretty like not so great things about an individual. I'll explain. I'll explain what I think my ego is still tied to as like a good example. First of all, I think that when I worked in tech, a lot of my ego was tied to being interested in social impact. Like I was like, I'm just here for, I'm just here. Like I'm just here for the next few years. Um, But I'm actually really interested in doing something in social impact. And I carried a lot of ego around that. I was like, these other people are going to continue down this path, but I have a real vested interest in like making a difference and I'm going to do something about it. And so just having that narrative about what I thought my life would look like um, made me feel like morally right and like morally great. I also think that like, I think an interesting dimension to explore this is what compliments make you feel the best because whenever people say to me, uh, that was a really good question. It yeah. is like my favorite compliment I could ever <laughs> receive. Like, it's like in my heart. I'm like, oh, this is like the best thing you could ever tell me. Like no. beyond many things, it is like one of one of my favorite th- compliments to ever be received. And I think that's because I like to think of myself as like introspective and intellectual mm-hmm. and reads a lot. And all of that is really like an identity and like part of my ego which is not good and makes me feel I think like the danger of the ego is that it makes it posits some hierarchy on like me versus you the last one is I think the one I would like to resolve ASAP all of these I think I I would it's like life's work to resolve but I think I'm pretty attached to my physical appearance like Mm -hmm. I think that I I don't think it's that I if I get compliments on my physical appearance it makes me feel really good but I'm very cognizant of how I look and I I do prioritize it like it is something that I think about when I'm moving throughout the world and I do make like I dress a certain way because I want to look a certain way because I want people to perceive me as a certain type of person yeah um my height is something that I like really feel like helps me move through the world in a different way. And I really wish I, or like, I'm trying to work on not 
being that way because my physical being is so impermanent. And if I tie so much of my value to that, like it's going to be really bad. It's gonna be hard for me when I turn different ages and it's like all going away and I have no control over that. Yeah. So yeah. What do you, what are your thoughts and where do you think you still hold your ego in your identity? Yeah. Um, on the the one where you mentioned you love it when people say, oh, that's a really good question. You mean that like in a one-on-one setting, right? Or like a more intimate setting? Because yeah. and I only say that because I, I actually hate it when, let's say you're at an all hands or you're doing a Q&A <laughs> or you're just watching something on TV and someone asks a question, there's like a big group, someone asks a question, just like a leader or an athlete or someone. They always say like, mm, wow, it's a really good question. To buy like, time. Yeah, it's like a filler. And I'm just yeah. like, dude, that really wasn't that great of a question, okay? But they well, always say that. Or thank you for the question, you know? Like, oh, just answer the question. So that was my first thought, which was yeah. like a little side tangent. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, it's very difficult for me to answer that this this idea of an ego because i don't i guess i don't really fully understand what that means the way i interpret it is almost like things that if someone said this about me or if something happened to me i'd react in like an adverse way down to my core I guess. Kind of. I think it's like if I complimented you on it or insulted you on this particular thing, it would hurt more or it would feel better than an average compliment or an average insult. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, I think so the first thing that comes to my mind is I guess it it all ties into the sense of like right and wrong and justice, which I think we've talked to before. Um, But specifically as it relates to like me is this concept of impartiality. Um, I guess it manifests in two ways. So the first is like throughout my whole, so since I was a kid, um, like I've never cheated on anything in school in video games um like i remember back when people used to play video games a split screen right like everyone's just looking at the big screen but you're looking at your own corner i would like never cheat and like screen watch uh at school tests homework i i've never to this day like even if i was like late on an assignment been in class but yo yo just let me see it and I'll just copy all your answers or like peeked over at a test or given someone else my answers. I just, I don't know. It's, it's like a moral compass that I have always just lived by. Um, and so if I'm ever like playing a game or doing some sort of like, let's say like um, team Olympics or whatever at work or something, even if like I'm on a team, and let's say in this particular event, because I helped planned it, I like referee it. I'm always doing so in a very impartial way. And like any accusation, they're like, oh, you're just, 
you know, like helping someone because of you're all technically on his team. Like I get very offended by that. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because to me, it's like, no, I'm not, this is right. Like, and I'm, Oh my God. I would That's rather lose, but be fair than win the wrong way. How like, does this come up in like, how does this come up in non game situations? Um, I guess it's harder when it's like not in a game situation. Mm. I would say in a non-game situation, it more bleeds towards like the angle of justice. And yeah. Like doing something that's right versus doing something that's wrong. Um, like the many like verbal altercations that I've told you about that I've gotten. Yeah. Into oh, with, interesting. Like, yeah. Do you um, think that it makes you, because I think one of the things that, also, I'm formulating all of this on the fly. So these things could be wrong later. But I feel like some of these pieces that I hold to my ego, I am attracted to other people who also like present similarly in some of these ways. Do you know what I mean? Like, and what it made me think of for you is like, you might be more inclined to spend time with people who you feel are more like keep justice in their core kind of thing. Yeah um in a way okay i think it it's just it's not someone being fair is not really something that comes up often whereas like someone being unfair when that happens it's like a so it's almost like i i can i can't think of any time where someone has done something very just and fair and i'm like wow you're a person i want to hang out with as opposed to like I'll see someone do something unfair and my perspective on them. Oh yeah. Okay. This actually makes a hundred percent sense because I think that like, if you think about an organization, I think that you would have felt, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. You might've felt personally slighted if you saw a leader act unfairly to a mass that may or may not include you. If it includes you, yeah, you will feel slighted by them. If it doesn't include you, I think you also will be like, what is this person doing? I think many people will only pass that judgment if they are getting affected by it. Like if I was affected by something unfair from a leader, there could be a scenario where I really care because it was me. But I, I, I think that I also noticed that about you, that you, even if it didn't affect you, you felt you had an opinion about that being unfair. Yeah. And you held that and, and that like that informed your relationship with that person. Yeah, it actually happens a lot. And especially in the cases where it actually doesn't affect me at all. Correct. It, um, it has oftentimes like hurt me in some way in like social standing and career advancement and whatever it is. And oftentimes, like a lot of people would be like, dude, you, you don't have to do anything. Like, you don't have to say anything. Like, it's just, you're not even, you know, a part of this. It's just going to affect you in a negative way. But I'm just like, oh, but I have to. Like, yeah. it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. So I think that's definitely one. Um, going back to your original question, it's when someone even in a joking way is like, oh, you're just doing this because you're Asian or you're just doing this because you're on this person's team or you're just doing no, it's just like whoa it, it's almost like you don't even know me 
Like how, if you were saying this about me, you don't know me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get like super offended and just like, well, nah, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What are some others? Um, I think it's really interesting that you mentioned like body image. I would say 95% of people in this world probably deal with this to some extent, like how body image affects their confidence um, and things like that. I think for me, it's very interesting. Um, growing up as a baby, I was like a very chubby baby. And I didn't have the best like eating habits growing up. I mean, we grew up in the process, the golden era of processed foods. Um, and so I, I would say like when I was little and maybe even up till like college, like a lot of external, there were a lot of external factors shaping my sense of worth, sense of confidence um, in regards to body image. But I think now that I've gotten older, it's actually completely intrinsic. So you mentioned how like um, when you're when you when you ask the question, you're like when someone compliments you, for example, do you feel extra good about it, um, or the opposite, you feel extra bad? I'm just really bad at taking compliments. I don't know if it's just like my background or whatever, but. Um, Throughout COVID, like there was nothing else to do. So I just dieted and I worked out in the home gym that I have and I like lost a lot of weight. I got lean. And I mean, obviously it felt nice when people saw me for like after a year and a half, it's like, whoa, dude, you like lost a lot of weight or you got in shape. But I just felt really awkward when people mentioned that, like I would think about it a lot. And I would think, man, I'd almost wish that no one said anything mm. because I do feel really awkward. And I realized it was because I was actually just doing it for myself so that like I would feel good about where my body was at or mm. things like that. Um, so I think that's, that's really interesting because it's like how I've grown or changed throughout the years. I would say like on, this is like totally kind of not answering your question, but on the yeah. flip side, I think what was really interesting and I'm kind of going through this right now is like, I like at my absolute peak worst in terms of just like not taking care of my body, eating whatever I wanted to eat was like maybe two years ago. Um, and I remember like Kathleen and I, we went to Hawaii and it was a fun time, a lot of like topless pictures, things like that. And I didn't really notice it then, but looking back on those pictures now, I'm just like, oh my God, I let myself go a lot. Mm. Um, and I kept thinking like, I can never let myself get there ever again because wow. I felt so gross. And so I think I, I mean, I'll just like at my worst, I think I was like 168. And I still remember like what it felt like to just feel really gross. Wait, can you clarify? Like in, at the time, yeah. it also felt gross or it, right now I, looking back? 
I didn't for a long time. It was just, it's like a slow, gradual thing. You get used to like snacking and whatever. And then you're bought, you know, you see yourself every day. So it's like, you don't really notice the changes, but then it got to a point where I actually did feel really gross. I was in Japan, actually. I remember when this happened and it was just like, there's so much good food and we want to eat it all. But every day I'd come home and I'd feel bloated and I would feel just really gross. And I decided like, that's when I first started keto, actually. I was like, when I get back, I'm going to go on keto. Um, and I like weighed myself and I was 168. I was like, is this a lot? I mean, yeah, it's you're overweight, but like, is this that bad? Um, fast. It's been like a year and a half, two years. And I really dieted. I slimmed down and I hit like 145 um, a cut like two months ago, wow. which was like the leanest I'd been literally in 10 years something like that if not more actually probably no 10 years yeah and it was like this crazy milestone that i hit that was like things i've been trying on and off for 10 years to do but i could just never stick with it um and it felt great like i felt great with my body not only did i like like the way it looked but more importantly like I just felt good every day, you know, like light on your feet, more energetic. Um, so that was when I was dieting and now I'm like around 150, like maintaining 150. And the weird thing is, is that like, I'll get up to 152, let's say, and I'll feel gross again. Mm. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it, like just like bloated or whatever. And I think I just can't eat as much. I don't have like the capacity to eat as much anymore. But I guess all of this is like a long-winded way of saying before like my confidence and my ego is tied to external feedback on the way I looked, attractive or not, fit or not. You know, like in college, for example, you, you go to the gym. And so when people first start working out, you're surrounded by all these like buff guys or whatever. You're just like, oh my Lord. Mm-hmm. Now it's all internal. But in a lot of ways it can be scarier because I I realized I'm like, wait a minute. Like I'm actually still like in the, the leanest I've been in, you know, like six years. Why do I still feel so gross about myself? I should actually feel completely fine, but for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's so. Yeah. There's like so many thoughts I have about this because I think that I think a lot about like what kind of praise that we got when we were younger and how that might shape like what we tell ourselves when we're older because I agree like um I don't think external feedback on my physical appearance really affects me that much I think it's more like I am doing these things because I want to present in a certain way, regardless if someone even validates that they're assuming that about me, I am doing it because I want to present a certain way. Like my friends and I've talked a lot about this, especially like with being Indian and an Indian woman, like Mm -hmm. I have more piercing on piercings on my ears. I like dress a certain way because I want to look like a certain type of person so that people don't assume that I am like, whatever stereotype of an Indian woman at my age is like, I don't want that assumption, but, but like 
exactly to your point, like it's all internal, like not nobody else is telling me like, Oh, Roshni, because you have piercings on your ears, I think that you are X, Y, and Z. Like, actually, no one has ever told me that. Like, right. no one has ever told me that. I'm just, like, making up this whole internal monologue that, like, I need, I want to present a certain way so that people perceive me in a, in a way. But, like, the reason I bring up what praise we got in childhood is because I think certain parts of my physical appearance that I do care about I did get praised when I was younger about those things. And so now I think like, I need this to remain. Like I want, I think like a silly example is um, my eyelashes. I have like pretty long eyelashes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I remember. And I never noticed them when I was growing up, but then, then people started commenting on it. And then I was like, um I want this for a long time like I want my eyelashes to be long for a very long time and I honestly don't do anything about it but I notice it like I know that this is something that like I wear mascara to like accentuate it like I do my eye makeup in a certain way so that it looks more accentuated and before I got compliments on my eyelashes like I just never noticed like I didn't even know like I didn't even know there's such a thing as fake eyelashes I didn't know like that having long eyelashes meant something like, and so, but even today, like only when I get my eyebrows done or like get a haircut, does someone tell me that? Like other than that, no, none of, nobody's telling me these types of things. And so it's weird how much we carry this like internal monologue around, like, this is what I need to look like. And this is what good quote unquote looks like to me, regardless of if other people are telling me yeah. That or not. Because like, because, and I'll give an ex- the example of you, like, I don't even think I really noticed your weight ever. Like, I never noticed how you looked until you told me I'm on keto or like I'm benching a lot or I'm mm. like working out a lot. And then I'm like, I love that he's prioritizing his health. And so I want to compliment you because I think that's a really good thing to do. And I like, I'm really happy that you're doing this for yourself. But even in this past year and a half, like obviously I haven't seen your full body in these, in like a zoom square, but like, I think I would be able to tell if you lost a lot of weight and I could not, like, I have not been able to tell anything. Even when I saw you in person, like I couldn't tell at all. And it's all like, to me, you've been constant in the past, like three and a half, four years that I've known you you're like exactly the same to me. Maybe you got different glasses, like very minor things have changed for me about you. But to you, like all these things are actually like different periods of your life. Like the four years that I think about are actually broken up into like two years for you. And then last year and a half. And like, it's so strange, dude. It's like so weird because I don't notice anything. Like, not even I, but like the public doesn't notice anything. They just are like, oh, Dion. Like I probably would notice more if you were sad. Like I remember more time, I would, it would be more marked in my mind of like when you were emotional about something yeah. than anything about your physical appearance. Like I can't, I don't, it doesn't even register to me that you would have looked any different in these past four years. Yeah. This is like the, like the microcosm of this is kind of what people say when you go to the gym for the first time. Right. Like everyone's always concerned about like, I'm new to the gym. I don't know how to use this machine. I don't want to look like an idiot reading the instructions that are yeah. inside of machines or, 
asking someone to like spot me or, you know what I mean? People are so concerned about that. And then everyone just always says, dude, nobody's looking at you. I guarantee you. Cause everyone's either so focused on themselves. Uh, so focused on their form in their head with their music and their headphones. And it's kind of like that is you're walking around. I, I mean, I remember my first time at the gym ever. It's just like, I would like walk by the same machine like oh, yeah. five times and like glance, maybe read step one the first time. Step Or like two, watch someone do it while you're pretending yes. to do something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no one actually cares. And it's yeah. kind of like this is like, you probably just didn't notice me change at all the past four years. But I've like fully realized and seen and remembered like the ups and the downs. Correct. and. To you, I'm just like same old me, right? Yeah, um, I think it's like even more interesting because I will like admit that in the first probably like year and a half of our friendship, we didn't even like talk that much. Like I probably didn't even see you that much to right. register like what you look like. Right. But I think in at least the last two years, if not a little bit more, like we would have seen each other regularly enough that I would have noticed like if there was a change. But I. Yeah, I didn't. Okay, but let's let me challenge this then. Because why do we think why do we care then of like external factors? Because like as much as we say it's internal, it is guided by what we think is quote unquote good, which is right. informed by what society is saying is good. Right. But there are very, very few circumstances where we actually are getting that external feedback that is then telling us like, yes, Roshni, you need to have long eyelashes. Like mm-hmm. there's so few scenarios. So why do you think we continue like I have some thoughts about this but why do you think we continue to do this where we say like like exactly this example right like the people I care about the most in my life will probably never really notice when I've changed in a way that like I think is detrimental or I think is bad right they'll probably be like you're I'm happy you're happy like that's all I care about but in my mind I'm like oh it might be conditional on like how I look or like when I interact with newer people like I want them to think a certain thing about me so yeah. why do you think we continue to do it? Um, I think just like as human beings, we're very social creatures, right? You can be like the biggest introvert, but at the end of the day, you're a relational human being. And you maybe just take those connections to heart. I don't know. Like, I think they stick with you. So like you brought up your eyelashes, right? I literally for the last five minutes just been staring at them and I have never noticed how long they are. You know what I mean? You've just looked like you. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, it's almost like, um, what am I trying to say? I wonder if three years from now, Let's say there's this weird, I don't know, t- TikTok still a thing. There's like this weird fad where short eyelashes are now in, in fashion or whatever is like the new definition of beauty. If uh, uh, it's almost like to your point, when you're growing up, everyone tells you this is a good thing. Then you don't actually develop a different opinion on what is good until someone tells you something different yeah does that make sense yeah yeah it does 
And then it kind of like blows your mind. I mean, it's, it's almost kind of like, like for fashion, um, there's this term, chuggy. Have you heard of it? Chuggy. It's like, you know how we say, how millennials say, okay, boomer, like a very yeah. boomer thing. Gen Zers call us chuggy. Like the way that we dress, the, 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 um, the things that we choose to put as like decals on a car or on your phone. Oh my God. Like, it's just very us. But we're all doing it. We're dressing the way we dress because growing up, like, this, or, or whatever it is, like, this is fashion. This is the fashionable thing that we know. And then all of a sudden, all these, like, 20-year-olds are saying, oh, that's chuggy. You're out of date. You're out of fashion. And for the first time ever, I was like, I am? Yeah. Oh, my God. My pants are not. Like, apparently, the, the, the trend now is baggy stuff. Right. And so it's like all of a sudden we originally thought like people who sag their pants and have their butt hanging out or wearing really loose clothing is so ugly. All of a sudden we're questioning like, oh, wait, maybe it is what looks good. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like um, good is not constant. You know what I mean? Like what society deems as good or cool or beautiful is not constant but I think that we are anchored on what we thought was good as children well I'm I'm willing to be challenged on that but I I think that that's what like that's at least how I operate I think like things that made me stand out when I was a child is still what I think of when I think of like these are good attributes to have or this is like not a great attribute to have yeah I guess my question would be, like, let's just use your eyelashes as the working example. Is like, what, what is worse for a person growing up and developing? Is it, I grow up, or I tell you, since you were a kid, that your eyelashes are like your defining feature. It's what makes you beautiful. It's whatever it is. And you grow up with this, almost like this fear of, I need to maintain them so I don't lose what makes me beautiful. Or is it worse to be like fat, to be growing up and told that you're fat and overweight and ugly. And so you live your whole childhood thinking, I need to shed this weight so to look good again. Does that make sense? It's almost like, is it worse to have something good and have this stress and fear of maintaining it or be bad and have this stress and fear of trying to change yourself to be good? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question, Dion. (laughs) I don't know. I think that, well, this is actually my hope is that I think similar to how in my first phase of my life, I was really tied to my grades as a defining feature. Like people said, Roshni, your grades are good. And then I was like, yes, this means I'm good. And then I got to a phase where I was like, that's not how I want to define myself. And so I switched to something else. And I think I switched to the intellectual, whatever, this is a good question thing. And I'm still like in that, but I am hopeful that we also phase out of that. Like, I hope that, yeah, is it like, I have nothing? Is that the goal? Like, (laughs) you know, do you get what I'm saying? Like that I then, I'm not trying to get any form of validation at all, right. but there are 
this is not really answering your question, but making me think about like, there are good things that I would want to be incentivized towards, like, mm. like being selfless and being really kind and acting out of love. Like if we incentivize those things, if we praise on those things, is that also bad? Is it like, is it bad generally to praise? Do you think? Right. Right. Or even on like the selfless front. I mean, the, the most tangible way of demonstrating this is philanthropy. Do you think like the biggest philanthropists in the world are constantly comparing how philanthropic they are compared to like someone else? Yeah. Like, do you think some millionaire who hangs out with like a bunch of rich people is very self-conscious about the fact that I've only donated $10 million when yeah, Bill Gates has donated $1 billion, yeah. right? Like something that's inherently what we would say good. Yeah. Do people as human beings find a way to make it bad or like social or, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I actually think that makes me think about how, like if we were to simplify what people think is good, in the yeah. world it's like money beauty and together that creates power like right. i think that's what people care about right. in a very superficial way like a very easy metric to just like get compliments on i think it's like oh you got a new job and you're getting paid more like that's good like right. easy like i don't need to ask you any other questions like that's all i need to know yeah <laughs> I think like the thing that's kind of tying it all together is this concept of when is enough enough? Yeah. When is more bad? So like typically we think of that as like you get a raise and you're like, I made more money. That's good. But then after a while you're like, I need to make more. But then on the flip side, for example, like my weight loss, I lost I'm like the lowest I've been in 10 years, but for some reason, I feel like I need to lose more. Yeah. Or you quitting a tech job, going to social impact. At what point, what if you feel like three years from now, you're like, but I'm not doing enough. I need to go like, even, um, I don't know, like I need to like be on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's actually a, the best point, I think, because I think that what we have to denounce is actually like desire or something. Like, we can't live like that. Like, I think that it was easier for me to see that in tech when I was like, it's literally just not making me happier to make more money. It's not. And so I need to find another way to make me feel good. But then, there's no end. Like there is no end. Like if I keep trying to feel good, if I want to be happier, I don't know. Like, I don't, did I tell you though about how I felt? I don't know if I've already told you this, but I'm going to say it again. I think one thing that I've like just had a glimpse of is having some sort of peace in progress. Like when I was, when I worked in tech, I, put like a time box on my career. I was like, I'm going to be here until I make manager. I'm going to, that's it. Like, I'm going to be here three, three and a half years. Like that's going to be my path. And then it's on to the next thing. And I said that 
in the first three months of my job, I said that, like I, I knew that about my career then. Yeah. And when I switched here, like, I feel like I'm here for the ride. Like, I'm just here to see what happens. I'm here to learn. And I just like, whatever happens is great. And it's like very liberating <laughs> because before I was, it was like a marker was getting ticked off at every milestone. Like in one year I make this level and another year I make this level by this time I make this much money where now, and I don't know if this will change in a few years. Like maybe I will get caught up in the feeling of like, actually I want to be, I have a title, but now, like if you were to ask me right now, what do I want in my career for the next five years? Like, it's actually kind of hard for me to answer. Like, I think I would say I still want to work in social impact and I want to be a leader in some capacity and I want to be a kind and empathetic leader. But like, that's all I could tell you. I couldn't really tell you a title. I probably couldn't tell you what company, like it's such a weird feeling, but I think it's the, it is, it does feel a little bit like the loss of desire or like the loss of always wanting more. It just finally feels like, let me be on this ride and see where it takes me. Um, and I feel like that's the glimpse of what I would want in like other domains of my life, like my physical appearance, my, yeah, like so many other dimensions that we think like constantly need to just be getting better and building and building. Right. Yeah. What do you think? It's kind of like the thing that you were saying. I feel like this whole conversation has been a lot of like, don't really know yeah. how to, to, to explain this or describe it, but like, let me just talk around, around it. it and then we'll piece it together. It's kind of like what you're saying around, um, like, should we just want nothingness, or, or, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is kind of like this. It's, should we just not be ambitious? Should we just not have goals? Because mm. then you're constant, you're, I feel like many people when they have goals, it's all about the destination, not about the journey. Yeah. Right. I know I'm that way. Yeah. I, mean, I literally just like forget the journey. <laughs> right. Like literally. Um, and so it's like, should we just not have goals? But then if we don't That's have goals. Like, is that good? Is ambition, that bad? Yeah. Actually, ambition out. is such a good question to bring up because let's say, okay, let's make this an example. What if I said that my goal was to desire nothing? Mm. Which is kind of what I'm saying. Like I'm yeah. kind of saying like, I want to not desire anything. And framing it that way is now making it something that I'm trying to work towards, which is making it like an achievement. And it's not attain like, it's just, I'm going to try as much as I can to do that. Like same thing with like, I want to live a fulfilling life. All fulfilling life can never fully be achieved. It's like, I'm always trying to do that. Like every day I'm just trying and trying. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's like, you just keep trying, but you can never fully achieve that. Okay, wait, can I bring this back to a previous conversation that we had? We didn't have this on the podcast, but I'll give a brief overview. Um, this idea, like you can never fully know someone else. I can never fully know Dion because there's limits to language and, and he won't be able to articulate everything to me, but as much as we try, like, I will never be able to know you, but I came to this realization that like, 
it's just about trying. Like it doesn't matter if I can fully know Dion or not. Like it doesn't actually matter. It just matters that I keep trying to know Dion. And like every day Dion changes. Like every week he has a new experience that I cannot possibly like keep up with. But just the fact that I'm trying is all that really matters for me to achieve this ambiguous thing of fully knowing Dion. But that's almost like kind of different from what you were saying, right? Mm. Around, let's say, you know, your goal in life is to be fulfilled. And you every day you're just trying. Mm. Best you can do is try, try, try. Mm. But doesn't that also imply that every day what you're saying is where I'm at now is not enough? Yeah, I know. So it's like. I know. Can yeah. Just, can you just be? Yeah, probably that's what you have to do. The other interesting thing was when when you said, you know, the goal in my life is to feel nothing, <laughs> right? Or aspire for nothing. <laughs> it's interesting because society would probably view that in two ways. Like one, you're a loser and you have like no ambition. You're not going anywhere. Or two, you're some hippie. But if you framed it, which you did immediately after, like, oh, my goal in my life is to feel fulfilled, everyone would be like, oh, what a worthy cause. Yeah. But what if it's like, my goal in my life is to feel fulfilled by attempting to feel nothing? Yeah. Like, that's kind of, I mean, I'm not saying that's what you're saying, but like, someone could say that. Someone it's like say the, that. the way we frame it is just interpreted differently. But also at the same time, it's like, if we had this one-on-one with every single human being, I would say like a good majority of them would come away with being like, Hmm, yeah, maybe I should try to feel nothing. And yet they would react so negatively if you just explicitly said, yeah, I want to, to, yeah. I don't think I have any answers. Like as much as I'm trying to like (laughs) create some structure around it, like all I can come out of this with is questions. Like I have more questions, but I will say like, Okay, this is what I feel like is true for me right now. When I was in tech, I did feel like I was pursuing some set of goals that were not defined by me, but felt like was the right thing to do, i.e. make more money, like get a promotion so you can make more money. And like, I didn't really get why we were doing that, but I we just kept doing it and that felt like what everybody else was doing. And so... I kept doing it. And then once I examined it a little bit more, I was like, wait a minute. I don't know what enough is. Like Mm -hmm. I have lost any concept of enough. I've just had a concept of like compared to X, I am more. Mm -hmm. And like that's supposed to make me feel good temporarily. So I think the only thing that's true for me is that I can't do that. Like if there's a set of goals that are predefined that I have no vested interest in, but there's like a lot of societal pressure to have vested interest in it. I eat leaders saying like, this is the way you should be treating your career yeah. or like incentivizing by those goals. Then. Yeah. I think I just w- would hope that I can continue to like be critical of what these goals are that are, are set for me in any system. Yeah. Because I don't know what the right goals are, but. I think we have a sense of like when it feels hollow, like when it feels like this is not what I want. It's just what everybody says they want, but they don't even know if that's what they want. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. A strange attempt at some conclusion is that that's what I just did. Like I was just trying to grasp at some straws so that we can conclude. I don't even know what in the hell just happened in this last hour. <laughs> I feel like we got, we blacked out for six minutes and came out and five years have passed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's mix all the shows together. I'm really, um, I'm curious what other people think. Can you like ask a question that you would want them to answer? <laughs> Maybe it's as simple as like, how are you doing right now? Like literally right this second as you listen to us. Mm -hmm. And no matter what you're feeling, there's some good in it. Mm. And it could be better, sure. Oh, yeah, I hear you. Like, how are you doing is like, when we answer that it's like relative to how I was and how I will be right Mm. and then let us know yes (laughs) let us know (laughs) send us an email at inlifepodcast at gmail.com oh god (laughs) wow that was actually a trip I that is like one of of the few experiences I think we've had on this podcast where I feel like we went in a crazy yeah. fun direction of right. no answers. Yeah. A crazy fun direction, but also a direction. It's like, I don't even know which way we went, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's the goal, dude. It's all the journey. Dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> okay. I think I'll see you so I can give you this. Okay. Yeah. Oh, what I was thinking you should do would be clever if you don't care is you should cross out again and write Dion as like you're going away. Why am I giving you a going away present? You should be giving me. Well, you're still saying goodbye to me. Well, not like goodbye. Why do I have to give it? Yeah. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. I just thought it'd be funny. I want you to read it though. Okay. Because yeah, I will. It, It sounds good. Well, I still have like 40 pages left. So, okay. You'll have to give it, well, I don't know when I'll see you, but I'll be going to San Diego that weekend. The weekend you leave. Oh, no, yeah. I think, like, the weekend before, maybe. Okay. Okay, I'll text you. Maybe we can record a podcast live, Dion. Should we try? Should we? Yeah, I think. Should we, like, rent out one of those? um... (laughs) I was going to say, like, let's go to the library and get a study room or something. Oh, yeah. Wait, no, you know how, um, like podcasters that get big they end up doing like an in-person show with like an yeah. audience yeah. in like a theater or something and they're sitting on stage on these two like armchairs and Let's like do that. a table with like water bottles and there's a crowd we should do that but it'd be empty Ooh. yes i'm down ah. oh man okay i'm gonna go work out now yeah uh me too okay have a good workout Miss you, you too Yeah, yeah. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
If you liked what you heard, send us an email at inlifepodcast at gmail.com for a question you'd like us to discuss. Thanks for listening.